In this episode, I'm answering questions from you, the listeners of The Private Labeler Show. Hello and welcome to The Private Labeler Show, where we are dedicated to helping you take your Amazon business to the next level. Now, here is your host, Nick Landowski. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 83 of The Private Labeler Show. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate each and every one of you guys, as always, no matter where in the world you're listening. I hope you're taking massive action in your businesses and uh, achieving all of your goals and hitting all your results and your metrics and all that good stuff. And uh, today, as mentioned, we're going to dive into some listener questions in just a quick second. But first and foremost... A little gratitude to you guys uh, for everybody that's recently left iTunes reviews. I think we're at like 60 reviews now. So thank you so much for that. Super awesome uh, that you guys are taking action on that and supporting the podcast. And uh, I think, uh, what is it, 40 more to go before I hit 100 reviews. So just uh, kind of pushing forward on that. So thank you to everybody in advance. You can go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash iTunes and uh, throw up a review or just search for it. I know a lot of you guys sometimes will say, hey, that you've, you've been trying to post reviews and it's not posting for some reason or another. I have no idea what's going on with that, although I do know that sometimes people will post and then it'll show up like five days later. So for whatever reason, um, they're just not showing up right away. So thank you to everybody again that has post reviews on iTunes or whatever other platform. If you're not an iTunes person, any other platform is fine. Um, yeah, and then as mentioned, we're going to dive into some questions from the Facebook group. So if you have a question that you actually want featured, you can do that through there or you could actually go on to privatelabelershow.com forward slash ask and submit a voice question. And if it uh, it's a good question and it fits the uh, the mold of the show, I'll try to get that question featured on a future episode and answered for you guys. So check that out as well. So let's just kind of, uh, let's just dive in. So I have three questions. Um, and a lot of you guys wanted to know uh, from the Facebook group, you wanted to know about indexing, which I did cover in the last episode. So hopefully I did a thorough enough job to kind of answer some of those questions that were already layered in the Facebook group. Um, if, if not, if I didn't mention something again, just fire away in the Facebook group and I'll try to answer it about indexing. So check out the last episode that'd be episode 82 about indexing. If you haven't yet already, uh, thought I did a decent job in kind of covering that. And hopefully you guys got some good value out of that. And uh, kind of what I learned, actually, just a quick follow-up to that, kind of what I learned even more is that, you know, those indexing changes, it, you know, it did seem like, um, you know, a lot of Amazon sellers did notice that 250 character limit, but not everybody. It seemed like sometimes people had more. So it, it in, in my opinion, is definitely a, a category by category um, issue with Amazon as far as how they have rolled and are can you know, going to continue to roll things out with any changes with indexing or just anything in general. Um, I'm uh, always noticing crazy things going on where I'll kind of fire at Amazon, you know, fire back at Amazon, like asking them what they're doing, like to my listing or just different things going on. And they kind of monkey around. I, I have learned from uh, them telling me everything by category. So, um, you know, if I mention something and you're not seeing it on your end, well, in due time, you might see it or maybe never because I think they're treating categories a little bit differently uh, between them. So, you know, what is applied to my category might not necessarily be the same as yours in, in terms of like indexing changes or just anything in general with it. So, um, yeah. All right. So let's kind of jump into the question. So I have a question here from Michael from the Facebook group and Michael wants to know about YouTube influencers. He says, you know, if you use YouTube influencers, how would you go about 
contacting them to to showcase your product. Now, I think it was, uh, I have no idea what episode it was. It was some, I think it was like back in January of this year, I did uh, some content on using influencers and some of my experiences with that, with YouTube influencers, with FameBit, with Instagram, with whatever, uh, where I talk about this kind of stuff. But I'll just kind of uh, blaze through this pretty quick because this is a pretty easy question. So it's a very good question though, Michael. But all you really need to do is um, if, once you identify the influencer that you want to reach out to, just go right on their YouTube page. There's a, a tab called About and you should be able to see it. I'm not sure differences between mobile or desktop, but try to find the About tab. And typically, if they want to be contacted by people such as yourself looking to do some business networking, um, they will list their contact information, typically like an email or a website or whatever it might be. So just check that out first. That's a good sign if they put something there that they do want to be contacted. If they don't have anything there, if they haven't filled out that tab on, uh, for the About like um, on, the, on their page, then just look at their social media platforms. Like, do they link a, a Facebook page? Do they link a Twitter or whatever? And then you can always kind of contact them through there. Um, or sometimes if you look at the actual um, show notes or the description of the video or the videos, they'll sometimes put there. How do you contact them through there as well? And then all you really need to do is this, is if you're wondering about the act of actually contacting them, well, uh, here's what I do. I would just simply you know, find out who I want to work with and just simply send them a nice email and say, Hey, you know, I, I really like your video on X, Y, or Z. It's really, you know, it's really great. I'm also involved in, you know, whatever community you're involved in and to say, Hey, I, I just wanted to discuss a potential opportunity for you. I have a product or a new product coming out or whatever your, your spin is here. And, you know, I think that your audience would really love it. And I'm um, thinking about doing some sort of a giveaway or a contest, or I have some ideas, you know, would you mind kind of reaching out to me? I think this would be great content for, for your channel and uh, awesome for your audience. Like you want to approach it in the right way. You want to approach it as a value to their channel, a value to their audience, their subscribers, things like that. Uh, that's how I think you're going to get a lot more responses. Now, what I do know is that these YouTube influencers, the good ones, they get they get hit up on a daily basis by people such as uh, Amazon sellers or private labelers or just people you know that want to do business. So don't be surprised if they don't respond back to you right away. So it might, might take a handful of tries to get a hold of them. But I think a lot has to do with just how you approach it. If you just come across as like, you know, maybe bringing up something from a video you thought was funny or cool or interesting or showing them that you're actually a follower. You're not just some spammer spamming, you know, 30 YouTubers that day with the same boring message or the same template email. Okay. So hopefully that makes sense there. Uh, again, you know, giving them ideas, maybe you have a contest idea or a new product or, you know, to say, Hey, I'd like to send this to you or, um, you could obviously look on their channel to see if they do work with other private labelers, other Amazon sellers or other whatever. You just take a look at their past videos and if it looks like they do work with them already by doing giveaways or contests or just unboxings or things like that or product reviews, and that's a good sign. Um, just a little bit of advice though. Make sure that any YouTuber or any influencer that you are reaching out to or do plan on spending time reaching out to uh, actually has like an active audience and an active channel. Um, sometimes YouTubers go, um, MIA for a while and they might not have put a video up for a long time, even though they have a lot of subscribers and they kind of just have almost like a dead channel. So you want to make sure it's an active channel and also check out their comments as well. Um, you know, is there a lot of response and feedback on their videos? So sometimes, uh, sometimes there really isn't, and it's not really worth it, even though they might have a lot of subscribers. So 
if they have an engaged audience, then yes, start reaching out to them if it makes sense for your, you know, your products and for what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. So same applies for Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Make sure they have an active audience. Make sure that you know it's targeted. And um, you know, a lot of people always wonder, like, well, how much does it cost to actually work with a YouTuber or an influencer? Well, um, I have found that the influencers or the YouTubers that have um, kind of like not the huge audiences, but maybe like the fifty thousand uh, sub or maybe up to a hundred thousand subscribers or less. Um, generally maybe they're not even really, you know, trying to make money from their channel in that way yet. It hasn't really occurred to them. So a lot of times they'll be willing to work with you for free because they're just stoked that somebody actually wants to work with them. So you can find a lot of, uh, micro niche influencers that will work with you for free a lot of times. So they're looking for content ideas. They're looking for new videos. Um, and they're not always looking to make money. Now some are, and you'd have to weigh that. Like if somebody has directly on their, their website or their YouTube page, like, Hey, we charge, $200 $200 a video or whatever it might be, then obviously they're looking to monetize their channel and you'd have to determine whether or not it's actually worth your investment, um, you know, to work with them. So just do a little due diligence in that. But it's just a matter, again, just to finish up your question, go in the about tab, see if they got an email. They want to be contacted. They usually give you ways to contact them. So that's about it. And just, again, I can't stress it enough. Don't sound robotic. Don't use template emails. Um, actually just type a regular email, like saying something that you enjoyed in their videos or about them or, and then you can add value to them and their audience. And, you know, Hey, you want to send them a product or whatever it might be and go from there. And as mentioned, just because they don't respond back to you once, I mean, just keep reaching out to them until they actually, you know, get a hold of you. Cause maybe they don't check their email constantly. Who knows? So hopefully that answers your question, Michael. Um, if not, uh, fire away again and we'll, we'll go at it again. All right. So the next question comes from Martin, and Martin wants to know about doing product bundles with items from different suppliers. So I guess that's kind of the question. So he wants to know a little bit about doing bundles and how do you kind of coordinate that with different suppliers. So um, great question there, Martin. Now, obviously doing product bundles is a great way to differentiate from the competition, okay? So if you see two items that would work well together and nobody else is offering that particular option currently on Amazon or wherever platform you're selling on, you might have an advantage there, right? So instead of just offering the same widget or the same uh, grill brush that everybody else is offering, you could say, hey, I noticed that you know with the grill brush, they're also buying a grill tongs and I want to offer that as like a two-piece set or three-piece set or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, that's a way to, to bundle and be different uh, than than uh, your competition. But I guess sometimes you might run into the problem if you're, one of your suppliers only makes product A, but they don't make product B. Like, how do you coordinate that? Well, it's, it's really not hard at all to, to kind of coordinate this. All you really need to do is just ask, like if you're working with two separate suppliers, is just ask them or just tell them what you're trying to accomplish first and try to, um, try to, try to create the solution right through your actual suppliers first. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. So all you gotta di- simply say is like, hey, um, you know, would it be cool if I had this other factory send you this product and I had you guys actually package it up, package it up the way that I want or bundle it together or however it is that you want to actually, you know, put it in a poly bag or put it in, you know, whatever type of packaging or however you want to do that. It's going to kind of be a little bit different for every product, but yeah, just simply, um, communicate that with them, what you're trying to accomplish. And they might say, no, we're not interested in doing that. Or, Hey, no problem. We can help you all with that. You know, we'll accept that delivery from that manufacturer, from the other factory or whatever, vice versa. So start on that level first. Again, just a simple ask. 
And if both factories or however many factories you want to get involved aren't willing to do that for you, uh, a lot of times they'll be willing to, but it's going to cost you, obviously, for their labor. So, so you have to weigh that. But if they're just not willing, they don't want to deal with that. Um, another option is simply just to find a, like I'm assuming you're dealing uh, with products from, from China. Um, you can just find uh, prep centers and prep facilities over in China, as an example, that could potentially help you out with this as well. So um, just a matter of just finding them. You could do Google searches, things like that, ask around. And uh, these prep centers can do a lot of different things like that for you to get your items kind of ready to go and then sent into Amazon or whatever platforms you are selling on. So prep centers would definitely be able to assist you with that to some degree. Again, it depends upon what you're trying to do. But if you know, you're just trying to have them you know, put item A and item B in the same poly bag together, the same packaging or whatever, that's pretty easy. That, as I mentioned, that could be done probably at the supplier level if they're interested in you know, helping you out, which they probably are. If not, you know, find find a prep center that can do all sorts of different tasks or things for you uh, that you really had no idea about. So you can just look at their services online, usually on their website. They'll show everything that they're willing to do from, you know, getting your items ready and uh, whether it be even inspections or just warehousing your products, stuff like that. So a lot of these are pretty full service now. And I would, you know, I don't know if this is the exact right thing to say, but I would look into like, if you're going to do the prep center option, I would look into like a... China-based one instead of the U.S.-based one because if there's any issues with your products or whatever, at least you have them right back over there in China if anything needs to be sent back to that factory or whatever it might be compared to like sending it to the U.S. and then dealing with any issues, like you're not going to ship it all back to China easily. So just kind of think about that for a second. But there's plenty of options available for you there. But, you know, Martin, really, it's just a matter of asking and to just tell them what you want to accomplish and um, kind of go from there. But you're on the right path with the, with the bundling, um, just a way to kind of you know, differentiate and set yourself apart. So I, I believe that's exactly what you were asking. So hopefully I kind of just gave you just, you know, real simple answer there. So, uh, all right, so let's go on to the next one. And, and this one I'm going to spend a little bit more time on. Now this question comes from Noman. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. N-O-M-A-N. Yeah, hopefully I got that right. If not, I apologize. Uh, this is a very, very general question. Probably the most asked question on planet earth for all beginning private labelers or whatever. Uh, but I'm not going to answer it in the typical fashion. In fact, I'm going to give a spin on this and give you a different way of looking at things to hopefully give you some value, but um, save you a lot of time. So the question that is asked in general is kind of like, how do you find the best product to sell on Amazon? Or like, uh, how do you hunt for the best product to sell? Uh, obviously, that, I, that could take forever in a day to kind of explain all that or walk through all the steps of that. I'm not going to do that because that's just been covered by a, a million people a million times over. Uh, if you do want further uh, visual on that, I can actually link up a YouTube video for you that I created like over a year ago to kind of walk you through some of this stuff. Um, but I wanted to cover this in a different angle um, than maybe most people aren't doing out there that are teaching this kind of stuff with private labeling. So there are literally what tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of different product opportunities on Amazon um, and growing. And it just sounds extremely exhausting to say, oh, I got to hunt for a product to sell on Amazon. Like that's just like overwhelming. Uh, again, big waste of time. So here's how you really have to start thinking of this. In, in my opinion, uh, the, the way that you think about private labeling uh, kind of before 2017 is different than how you think about it now going forward into 2018. Um, everything is really just focusing on micro niche brands. 
with private labeling and Amazon selling. That's the, that's the route. That's the way to go, in my opinion. Not to say that you can't just find random product opportunities and do well with it. Certainly, that's still available. I just don't think it's as um, enticing. I don't think it's as exciting um, for, for long-term growth and stuff like that. There's so much more benefit uh, going the brand route. So here's what I would do if uh, I were just getting started today or uh, looking for that next product or just trying to f- figure out my way. Instead of just wildly going onto Amazon and just you know, opening up um, um, a tool like Jungle Scout or whatever and just start searching around random categories, I would go into things with an absolute game plan, with absolute clarity, okay? So here's what I would do. I would literally go out, get a sheet of paper, get a pen, go in a room, think and just be quiet to myself and just ask myself, who is it that I would like to serve, okay? And other questions like what niches what hobbies, what passions, what categories interest me, okay? What am I into? Uh, But again, who is it that I would like to serve? What type of customer is it that I would like to serve? And if you can answer those questions and gain clarity on those questions, it is going to help you tremendously, okay? Instead of just wildly thinking, what product could I sell um, or what product can I hunt for that's, that's the best, um, you really shouldn't have to hunt for anything. The product ideas should come to you then. They should be very definite, okay? So as an example, um, you know, if I was into uh, athletics and I was into sports, I could say, you know what, I really love tennis or I really love golf. Uh, I'd like to create a business around that and I want to serve other tennis players or other golf players with products that they would like, okay? And even going further, Maybe, uh, you know, I'm a female and I say, oh, I want to serve female tennis players or teenage girl tennis players or whatever. The more definite, the more defined, uh, clear and more clarity you can have around this as far as like who the avatar of your customer is, the better things are. And then from there, ask yourself, what are the exact products that they have already purchased or will be purchasing in the future? What are the products that go together? Start sketching out 10, 15, 20 ideas that... Again, you're not hunting for it, but they're just coming to you. Like, what what would a tennis player buy? Obviously, tennis racket, tennis balls, tennis wristband, um, you know, water bottle, like stuff like that. Like, just start sketching that stuff out. Again, you're not hunting for this. You're not struggling with this. This is just flowing, right? Because you know the market or because maybe you are a tennis player or whatever. And if you need further help, um, what I would do is literally go to like a niche site not Amazon, but go to like a niche site that sells sporting goods. And that might be like a site like Dick's Sporting Goods. It's a specialty site just for sports, sporting goods, and uh, help you gain some further clarity just to kind of look at some other sites outside of Amazon, just to get your mind outside of the jungle of Amazon and just start sketching out those exact products, okay, that a customer would buy. But again, you got to think about things like this, like you have to want to serve this potential customer, this avatar, okay, got to know exactly who they are, and what they're all about, and what interests them, and kind of go from there. So start sketching out those ideas. Clarity is really important. Clarity is power here. So again, you should, this shouldn't be a struggle. It should just be just flow. And then from there, um, what you can do then, after you develop your list of ideas, then what you can do is just go on to Amazon. Okay, at this point, I would just go on to Amazon. And you can use a tool like Jungle Scout. A lot of times you guys will ask, well, what else do you use besides Jungle Scout, or what other tools are out there for this? I don't use anything besides Jungle Scout. I've tried other things. I just keep it simple. I don't overcomplicate things, okay? It works. Just use it. So there might be another new tool on the block. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use it if you want to. Go ahead and knock yourself out. You're using a tool like Jungle Scout to help with the research process to, you know, uh, kind of test and validate your ideas that you developed, okay? So if you don't have Jungle Scout yet, you want to pick it up, uh, check out junglescout.com forward slash PLS. That way you'll get a discount on it if you haven't yet picked it up. If you don't want to use it, use something else. Knock yourself out. Um, so what I'll do then is after I develop my list of 10 to 15, maybe 20 ideas, then what you can do is just pop in like the main keywords for each uh, idea that you had in, you know, defined ideas. And so if that was like, um, you know, tennis racket or whatever, I would type that in. And then all I'm going to use Jungle Scout for at this point is just to start testing demand, right? So that'll tell me very quickly, like, okay, how many sellers are selling X amount of units? And it'll give me an idea. And a lot of times people will say, well, it's not 100% exact. Well, it doesn't need to be. You're just generally checking for general demand. Are people buying that product on Amazon? And if so, is there a lot of sales going out on it? So if you see thousands of people buying that product every single month, okay, good. It, it checks that box, right? It checks demand. That's, that's great. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I just want to stick with what's selling currently on Amazon and just go down my list. And if I have come up, I've come up with products that don't even meet the demand criteria, like nobody's buying it on Amazon, no matter how cool of an idea it is, I just, I'll just cross it off, okay? So then to take it a step further, what you can do then is just look at some of the top brands in that niche. So if you're doing tennis or golf or whatever, like look at, look at some of the top private labelers, the top brands in there, and look at on the main products like Amazon obviously list also sold with. So you'll be able to see the other relevant products that customers are already buying in conjunction with that. Okay. What accessories go with it, whatever. And if some of those ideas aren't already on your list, there you go. Add more to it. And then from there, what you can also do, and this is just a very easy thing to do is look at some of the top sellers, look at their main storefronts, and then use Jungle Scout to filter uh, some of what's selling on their main storefronts and then look and, and add products to your list that you're developing, okay? Or cross them off accordingly, whatever. But if you look at a lot of the top private labeler sites, you can already see what's working. You can already check the demand real quick with, with a tool like Jungle Scout and kind of flush out your working list very easily, okay? But yeah, that's all you really want to do. 10, 15, 20 ideas, again, in a defined niche serving a specific customer. So here's an example to give you some other, just, you know, clarity on this. So if I was like, um, I don't know, maybe I'm a, uh, a female, maybe I'm like 35 years old, 40 years old, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I'm looking for, I want to start a private label business, I want to start a brand, and you know what, I'm really into cooking, I'm really into grilling, hey, I'm talking about grilling, but let's just say I'm, I'm, I really love making food for people, and it's just a passion of mine, it's a hobby, because I like the family, getting it together, you know, I kind of decided I want to explore maybe... Um, creating a, a brand around that because I do have an interest. And instead of just creating a general grilling brand, what I might decide to do is have a hook or an angle or a unique angle that nobody else has yet. So maybe um, I think that, yeah, you know, most most grilling products are focused towards men. Like they're like wooden handles or they're black. It's kind of boring. They're not exciting. Well, what if I created a product line for other uh, other ladies out there, other females, and maybe I kind of add some spice to the product line. So all my products are going to have pink on them. So all pink handles, you know, pink handle grill brush, pink handle, whatever. Like that's just kind of what I'm creating here. And I want to serve other ladies, females that are also into grilling. 
and put that unique spin on it. So that way I'm different than everybody else, okay? So you kind of have to think in those terms there as you're going through this process, like what could be your spin? What could be your angle, okay? So uh, another example would be like, um, like razor blades for shaving, right? So whether you're a guy or a girl, you probably buy razor blades or some sort of shaving stuff. And you could, if I'm a guy, yeah, I probably want to buy blades that are geared towards guys. Like it's not to say that the ones for the women won't work, but if I'm a guy, maybe I buy a brand like, what is it? Dollar Shave Club. Like that's focused towards me. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a razor. A female could use it, but again, they're focusing on me as their customer or a guy, you know, like a, a, a specific age and all that kind of stuff, right? With, with all their marketing and things like that. So you need to figure out your angles and just kind of look at what do the current big brands do? You know, like, again, talk about razors. Like, they're very specific about who they target. They don't just target everybody that buys a razor. They target a specific person, okay? So that's how you could do that and think about your brand, your business. And you don't have to then hunt for products. Like, it should just come to you. This is the customer I want to serve. Again, write out everything about them. How old are they? What's their income? What's their hobbies? What's their interests? What are they already buying? And literally just serve them products. Like that's what it is. That That's the name of the game. Just serve them products. Now, obviously, yeah, you want to make sure, again, there's demand and that, you know, it hits all the right price points and all that stuff and it can be profitable for you on Amazon. Of course you want to do that, which I mentioned I don't really want to cover here because I just wanted to give you a different mindset on things and how you should approach your first product or your next product or whatever it is. Um, that, that's the way I would do it. And as I mentioned, I think a few podcast episodes ago, it really only takes maybe three to five products in this little micro niche brand that you can build here with that unique angle to create a six figure business. Okay. So this doesn't have to be complex. You don't need to, um, you know, have a million products. Just again, sketch it out 10, 15, 20 ideas. And from there, figure out what's the core product, right? Like what would the core product be and what are one or two accessories? And then from there, start filtering out, like, is there demand for this? And obviously the rest is really just figuring out like, what's your angle? What's your spin on it? Who are you trying to serve? So um, hopefully you got value out of that question, but I wanted to answer that in a little bit different way. And again, check the show notes. I'll I'll post that YouTube video um, that will also give you some other ideas and some clarity on that. So that about does it guys. I guess, uh, yeah, fire away in the Facebook group if you got more questions. And uh, I will talk to you guys in the next one. Take care. Peace.